0: What's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench Podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from Other Mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and boys tonight's episode 25 titled Battle Tested, Mother Approved, because tonight we got Arkansas Shortstop J when Battles join us. But before we get to him, guys, I, I gotta I gotta admit, man, usually I like to give myself accolades in the gym and working out, but you guys, man, my hat's off to y'all. Y'all have been crushing it, killing it, doing your thing. Jim, I'll start with you, man. Tell me what is going on, man. What's the secret?
1: Man, it's just crazy how it works. You know, we have someone sponsor us and then they reach out and, you know, tell you about the products themselves and then, you know, you try them naturally because uh, they believe in us, so, uh, you know, I wanted to try them out and... Now I believe in them, man. Uh, they got they got so many different things, but specifically I'm on that boost. You know, same thing I sent Randy. I'm on that heart and hydration. So you, you, your boy's down 18 pounds in 14 days.
0: Get it, get it, Randy. What about you, man? Like, what's what's the secret? What's what's the magic?
2: The secret, like Jim said, is the product. You know, you got good energy, getting that heart and hydration. It tastes good as well as working good. Down 39 pounds in the last 65 ish days. So, you know, if it'll work for a guy like me, I know it'll work for you guys too.
0: Man, that's what's up, dude. Like, that's one way to, to start this episode off, man. So let's keep the momentum moving. Let's keep it going. Help me welcome onto the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, our man, Arkansas shortstop Jalen Battle. <laughs> right Jalen my man welcome on to the show how are we doing tonight
3: doing good thank you for having me
0: yeah man before we get started I we always pride ourselves on this show for not finding or or for finding the best athletes not just physically gifted talented guys but guys that are good character guys and I got to bring something up because we don't get this all the time but there was there was a a kid, he wrote you a letter, sent you a baseball card, um, kind of warmed your heart because you sent him a baseball sign back, man. Like, talk me through that. Like, that's amazing to be able to get that kind of recognition from, from a kid. Like, how does that make you feel?
3: Uh, I mean, it makes me feel amazing. I mean, just, you know, grow, me growing up, I've looked up at a lot of players and I mean, just to have a, a little kid look up to me like I used to look up people, it's just an awesome feeling for me.
0: Shout out to you, man, because you know I'm, I'm sure you could have you could have done a number of things with it, but you decided to to act upon it, and and that takes quality character, man. So my hats off to you for that. But you know, thank you. Speak- But speaking of being a little kid, you know, talk me through where you're from and what was it like growing up in the family and the household? Talk me through those dynamics.
3: Uh, I mean, I'm from San Antonio, Texas. So, I mean, just growing up, you know, I wasn't one of those kids who, you know, I wouldn't say I was poor, but we weren't rich either. So, I mean, anything I wanted, I'd get. So I was kind of spoiled. But I mean, I I have I lived a great childhood, and yes. you got I mean just and sisters. Yes, I have I have six other siblings.
0: Man, a full house. So where do you fit in as far as age? Oldest? Youngest? Somewhere in the middle?
3: Uh, I'm in the middle. I'm the third oldest. So so growing up, what was what was the
0: parent dynamic? Was it mom? Was it dad? Was it both? Was it grandparents? Because we we get the gamut of guys coming on, talking about their their history and their family life growing up?
3: Uh, I mean, it was pretty much both my parents. But, um, you know, stuff happens and parents get a divorce. So, I mean, it's so, it's so good about their relationship that they never, you know, it was like, it was my choice what I wanted to do. And I mean, it was, they like never fought over me and which I'm very blessed for because I was very fortunate for you know my parents still still have a working relationship today even when I was younger too so I mean it it was just special to me
0: yeah I I can imagine being you know one of six and having something like that go down where like you know it it could easily divide the family could easily put people um in, in complicated situations at a at a young age but you guys seem to battle through it it, it puts you in a good position you said that yourself that it never took away from what you were able to do um so with that like was mom a big influence in sports was dad a big influence or was it something in the house that all the kids did and you just kind of
3: followed suit um i'd probably say it was more of my dad's influence that for me because i mean with his background he played sports he played basketball, got drafted by the Atlanta Hawks. And, I mean, we, he, growing up, he was always hard on me. And, I mean, I just – at the time, I was like, what is he doing, you know? But, you know, now thinking about it, it's like he's just he, – he got me prepared, prepared today, and I'm very grateful for that. I mean, one thing he'd always say is never quit. Whatever you do, just don't quit. And I mean, I've kept that all this – all this way. And I mean, I'm grateful for him.
0: But it, it seems like the, the whole, the whole family, all, all your brothers and sisters kind of prospered from that, from that mentality, because, you know, from what I read, man, you got some athletes in that family, man. So I could assume like the competition between, you know, brothers is, is, is hot and heated. So um, with that, you know, were you a better athlete because your siblings were pushing you? Or was it, were you always the best athlete in the house?
3: Uh, I mean, I'd say growing up, I was the better athlete. But, I mean, you, you should see Jeter. You should see the, the one under me. I mean, he's, he's a stud. I mean, he's way more athletic than I was at his age. And, I mean, just growing up, We'd always compete. I mean, no matter what it was, he he'd always want to beat me because I was the older brother. You know, he 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 didn't care. You know, now that I was older, he just wanted to beat me and then brag about it.
0: Well, it seems like when you have the name Jeter, you get you get a, a little bit of a pressure coming with that name, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, sir. I mean, so, I mean, he he doesn't have pressure. He's the most level-headed person in our family, really.
0: All right, so let's let's take it outside the household. When when did you start playing baseball competitively or were you an athlete of multiple sports as a kid?
3: Um, I'd probably say growing up. I started playing basketball and football first. That was when I was like five, six. And then baseball didn't come around until I was nine years old. And I mean okay.
0: At the the point where baseball comes into play, do you forget about the other sports or do you try to master all three?
3: No, I'd always want to be good at all three. So just, I don't know. I just thought it was always cool playing multiple sports and being good at all of them.
0: Yeah. I, I can imagine, you know, and this, this is my, in my brain, what I picture just, what I've seen from you this past season and now trying to picture you as a kid growing up, like I picture like the fat, you're the fastest guy. You're the most athletic guy. You're the best guy. You're the first pick on any team, any sport that you play. Like, was that the case or were you behind the curve and you had to grind and work really hard or did things come kind of easy? How did, how did that play out?
3: Um, I mean, yeah, I'd probably say I was the first pick and, I mean, whatever sport I was playing, just because, I mean, growing up, I was cocky, too. So I, I let people know that I was good. But, yeah, I mean, I, it was just, I guess it was just, it just came natural, really.
0: So at what age do you start playing competitive baseball, you know, basketball, football? Was it, you mentioned the age of nine is when you started baseball, but did you, start off on a low level and work your way in, or you just was like, man, I'm the best. Like, just put me in the, in the with the best guys, and I'm, I'm going to make it work.
3: Yeah, I mean, when I was nine, I was already playing with 11 and 12-year-olds. So it was just – I've, I've always wanted to compete my whole life, and I didn't I, – I never played t-ball or coach pitch. Actually, I did play coach pitch. I never played t-ball. But it was just – even in coach pitch, like, it, it was just – it was just easy, I guess. So I just wanted to be at the next level, and that's for every age I went to. I just wanted to play with the older guys.
0: And there must be something in the water down there in San Antonio, bro. Like, it, you know, it, it looks like you were prepared for high school well before you
3: even entered. Hmm. I mean, yeah, that's. That's where all the credit to my dad comes into play. Because, I mean, we – I mean, I was nine years old. I was working out every day trying to get better at baseball. I mean, any sport I play, just working on it every day. And he, he's he got me prepared for every level that I've come across.
2: Well, Jalen, coming into uh, – obviously, you, young age, obviously you're coming up through high school. So, t- for people that don't know – Where did you go to high school?
3: Uh, James Madison High School.
2: James Madison. So, I imagine – it sounds like a big school. Is that a big school, small school?
3: Uh, Yeah, it's a 6A. So, we play Reagan, Churchill, Johnson, all
2: those. Yeah, no doubt. So, by the time you get up there, obviously you've been playing competitive travel ball, I'm sure, you know, coming up. So, when you're coming in as a freshman, I mean, you had, like, immediately starting shortstop pitcher. What are you doing?
3: No, actually I was the starting center fielder freshman year
2: on varsity Oh, I've seen that arm man I know you can throw yes sir <clears throat> you're coming up you played all these sports you still playing basketball and you playing football as well your freshman year
3: uh yes sir I was I wasn't playing football just basketball and baseball in my freshman year
2: all right so let's talk a little bit about that basketball man you hoping yes sir for sure still, I mean you still got the bag now
3: oh I don't know I have I haven't shot a basketball in a while so I don't know I imagine Jaylen.
2: Coach Coach Van Horn probably ain't having that, huh? <laughs>
3: no, he's not.
0: Jalen, when, when when they play, we ask the players this because they always revert back to their, their days when they could hoop or supposedly, mm-hmm. and they all talk about, oh, that one game or that one time, and, or they say, man, I haven't picked up a basketball, so let's be honest, man. You you ain't got it no more, right?
3: It's all about it. No, no, yes, no. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have it. It's all about I,
1: that I actually believe he does.
3: He I, I, he's super athletic. He's six two. I actually believe in him.
2: Uh, no doubt, no doubt. So kind of co- coming through. You're starting center field. So just kind of walk us through a little bit. You know, through your high school career and you know your success and how was it a sharp? Uh, was it was it hard for you to adapt to high school or was it just more the same old same old? You're playing on the same field.
3: No, I mean high school. It was it was hard because. I played three sports, so I never had, like, an off-season where I can practice baseball. So, like, right after basketball, I jumped right into baseball, and it was just – I don't know. And honestly, like, when I was, like, on the dirt, it felt like I was traveling with the basketball. So, like, it was just – I don't know. It was weird.
2: So, yeah, what was – so, best year – I mean, it can be any sport. What was your best year for you in high school?
3: My senior year, for sure. Senior year.
2: so, you kind of talked about some teams that you played against. Who was the best team or the best player that you played against at James Madison?
3: It had to be Josh Young. He he went to MacArthur. And, I mean, that was when I pitched, and I could never get him out. No matter what I threw him, I, I couldn't get him out. So He didn't, he, like, he hit was...
2: home runs and then stare him down or none did he? No, nah, no. Nah. He didn't want to get earholed the next time of, huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so you still obviously you're playing all three sports. So that probably doesn't leave a lot of time for travel ball when you're in high school, right? Uh, I mean,
3: I mean, yeah, I still had time for a, a travel ball, but I mean, it, it always be cut short because of football. So
2: yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So football. Let's talk about that for just a second. What's your what's your position of choice? Receiver. What are you running in the 40 when you're in high school, senior year? Hmm. I don't, I don't know. We didn't, you didn't do no mm forties. You just knew you could get there. You had wheels.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Just throw it up. I'll I'll go catch it.
2: No doubt. What do you think is more important that having the wheels or having the hands? If you had to pick one. Hands. No doubt. No doubt. So when, colleges start approaching you what was that junior senior year sophomore year when does that happen
3: um I mean uh, my sophomore year I had colleges approaching me for pitching but then when I really got good looks it was my senior year or I guess my summer going into senior year
2: Now, were there any thoughts of going and playing football post high school? No. Mm -mm. I mean, I just
3: yeah, all baseball. I just played football and basketball just because I had so much fun playing those sports. And, I mean, there's nothing like going out and playing football on a Friday night.
2: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, first college that approaches you, who was that? And what was that feeling like for you?
3: Mm, It was Texas, UT. I mean, it was. I uh, I was I was shocked. I don't know. I was in awe, but I mean, honestly, I don't even remember it. I don't even know what we were talking about. But no yeah, house. I mean, it, it was a good feeling.
2: Yeah, that's a story program, obviously. Obviously, you, and you being a Texas kid, I'm sure that was like a dream come true, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. So let's talk about. Obviously, you end up playing junior college. Let's talk about what that was like and how you kind of landed where you did. Um.
3: Man, JUCO was fun. It was, it was, it was tough, but it was fun. I mean, it's really a grind. People don't understand that, and um, especially playing for McLennan with Mitch Thompson. I mean, they have the number one strength of schedule that I mean in JUCO ball there is. So it's it's really like you're playing D1 baseball. So I mean, it's, it was fun. It was a grind. I mean, I I would love if I could, I would go back and play again.
2: No doubt. So we talked a little bit about that learning curve going to high school. Was there – you talk about how stiff the competition is. Was there a, st- a real steep learning curve going from high school to McLennan? Um, I wouldn't – no, I wouldn't say.
3: It's just – I mean, the higher you get, the better competition is. So you just got to adjust, really.
2: Right, no doubt. So you talked about, obviously, Josh Young in high school. Was there anybody that stands out – when you're playing JUCO, you're playing a lot of the best junior colleges. So who was somebody st- or even a team that stood out to you that you played against?
3: San Jack. I mean, San Jack's always loaded. He Luke Little, have you heard of him? I heard the name. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he has a special arm. I mean, he pitched to me and I swear I didn't even see the ball. So it was crazy.
2: No doubt. So for those that haven't followed you like we have, obviously, how long did you spend in McLennan?
3: Um, One year. I was going to go for 2020, but COVID happened, so. so I guess two years.
2: Right, right. So talking through that season, obviously, I think it's 2019. You got 57 games, 320, six home runs, 42 RBIs, six stolen bases, you know, regional finalists in JUCO, I mean, but one of the things, you got the highest batting average on the team, most hits, second-team all-conference. Yeah. So, obviously, going to JUCO, you still feel like that was the right move for you to make going there?
3: Yes, sir, for sure. I mean, I, I, I developed so well there that, I mean, it got me looks to D1 schools. And, I mean, I'm very grateful for that because, I mean, if I didn't go to JUCO, I don't know where I'd be right now. I mean I could be at some small D1 or anything like that but I'm glad I picked GCO.
2: Well no doubt we'll definitely talk about where that led you in a second but def- so how does how does Arkansas get on the radar for you? We talked about before that Texas approached you so when bigger colleges start approaching you again, what is that is that feeling like the same thing all over again or now you know you're ready for that moment?
3: Um yes, I mean I I'd say I was ready for the moment. I mean, it's just it was just special, I mean, like you're really like you're just playing and you know this d one uh recruiter comes up to you and just asks you what's your name or your parents. I mean it's just special like you, this is the opportunity I've been waiting all my life, and you know it's happening
2: no, absolutely, well, look, man, are there any other schools that on the radar that you thought about, or what, did you know once Arkansas approached you? this is where I want to go um.
3: There was um, A&M, but, I mean, that was pretty much where I, I – mean, I wanted to go to Arkansas for sure.
2: No doubt, no I, doubt.
3: I, I, I knew once I came on my visit and saw everything, it was like, oh, yeah I, want, yeah, I want to come here.
1: All right, so you get to Fayetteville, man, you arrive on campus. What was it like when you got there? I mean, you came from a small junior college. What's it like when you get to a big university
3: like Arkansas? Um, I mean, of course, like, you have you're, – you're nervous just because, like, you're new to everything. But, I mean, coming in, it, it, they honestly – like, all the guys greeted me well. I mean, they really treated me like family. And that's why I kind of lean towards here because, I mean, the coaches, the players, even the fans, they – I mean, they're just so good. They were just so good to me. And, I mean, I, it's just like you have to levitate towards them.
1: Yeah, no doubt, man. Y'all have an amazing fan base for sure. And obviously team. So, you know, you don't seem like somebody who would get very nervous. Um, but when you first step into the field and bomb walker, you know, are you nervous when you step out there? Or are you just ready to play ball?
3: No, I was ready to play ball. It was just I had tunnel vision, really. I couldn't hear the crowd. It was just I was locked in.
1: Yeah, no doubt. So you got 61 games played uh, this year. You're batting 269, six home runs, 43 RBIs, 48 runs, um, 956 fielding percentage. Um, so, you know, obviously room for improvement. But, you know, for mm-hmm. your first year there, definitely, definitely not bad. But let's start, man. Let's start with the globe life experience, especially being that, you know, you're you're a Texas kid and you get to go play in that brand new ballpark. You know, what was that feeling like to start the season there?
3: Man, it was unbelievable. I mean, it, I don't know, it didn't even look, it didn't even feel real to me. So, like, just being able to go back to Texas, play at a MLB park, and my family all coming down to watch me, it was just, it was a a great experience.
1: Well, you wasted no, no time, my friend. You went three for five, three RBIs versus Texas Tech that first game. I mean, what a way to start your career at Arkansas and, like you said, back home in front of, in front of your family and friends. I mean, how did that feel?
3: It felt amazing. I mean, even just just to play any Texas school, it's like, you know, I want to beat them just because, you know, I'm from Texas. They didn't, you know, come look at me, but it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm perfect here. So, I mean, it was, it was a great experience. And that y'all did, y'all beat all three of them, took care of business. You know,
1: sec went down there and took care of business altogether. Uh, I, I wish I would have been able to be there. I actually was supposed to go, I got snowed in, unfortunately, here in, in Mississippi. All uh, right, I got to see you tee off, but it's all good. Um, so let's talk about man. Uh, you know, the first game that stuck out to me outside of that, man, you hit two bombs against central Arkansas, you
3: were really feeling it that day. Talk about that experience. Um I mean, whenever you have games like that, it's really just a blur. But, I mean, it was just – I don't know. <laughs> I guess I woke up feeling dangerous, I want to say. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I honestly can't explain it. You know what's funny? That, that game, I had two home runs, right? Mm-hmm. But that was also the game Robert hit for the cycle. Oh, man. Stole your thumb. Th- <laughs> so, exactly. My two home runs didn't mean nothing.
1: Oh, that's messed up. No, that's well, all good. But uh, the next big game I've seen, and this one sticks out to me, because uh, the, closest, the closest team to me in the SEC is Ole Miss. I'm about 50 minutes from Oxford. I go to games at Swayze. I know that it can be a, a pretty legit atmosphere, and by the time y'all – went to Swayze that was when fans were fully allowed in and everything and you had a big game where you went three for four against them uh what was it like being on the road against the SEC uh West opponent um with a you know electric atmosphere and you're on the opposing team you know and like I said you did well
3: uh I mean it was it was great I mean especially just to go to Swayze where I mean they have a great fan base too and it always gets loud but I mean you know, we just we, – we feed off that type of energy, too. So, I mean, it was just – it was a fun experience. It was a great series. But, I mean, we came up on, on top and we were – we had a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Your team had fun all year. As a matter of fact, you know, uh, I'll be honest with you, Jalen. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to let these guys throw me under the bus to you later. I was, I was being an Arkansas uh, hater all year. I kept saying that y'all would stumble at some point. And no, you didn't. You you won every single SEC series that, that came came to you. And so I was wrong. I have to admit it right here on the show. I kept thinking, you know, they're beatable. And, you know, in the SEC, you weren't. You, you know, you won every series, smacked every one of our teams around. So, I mean, as, as a team, y'all were doing your thing. You know, I got, I got to ask you, you know, when you look at your 269 batting average and, you know, I look at these games and I see a lot of games where you had some huge games and then I see some games where, you know, you struggled – um, would you say that, you know, the biggest problem seem to be consistency? I mean, simply.
3: Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, really just when it, when it comes down to it, it's just my mindset. I just have to have a clear head and, you know, know what I'm doing, like know my approach and all that. So, I mean, whenever I struggle, it was just, I don't know, I didn't have a clear head yeah, I mean, I mean
1: it it's your first, it's your and it's your first year there, and, and that's not making excuses. But I mean,
3: mm-hmm. you know, I mean,
1: you see guys progressively get better as they, you know, get that experience there. So I expect nothing but for that average yeah. to go up. And um, you know, I want to see some more power, six home runs, Dan. I'm gonna see, I'm gonna need to see more than that. I'm gonna need to see like fifteen. I got you. All right, but you know, speaking of home runs, and uh, you know. The SEC tournament was, uh, you know, man, you did your thing again. Prove me wrong. But specifically the SEC title game, we got a clip here. And uh, I'm going to have Daniel play and let the audience listen to it.
2: That hurts my heart just as bad hearing it as it did watching it. <laughs>
0: He admired his work. We hadn't seen a bomb to left in a couple days.
1: Jalen battles, we've seen it with the glove, an RBI backside knock, and now a big fly just straight away Yeah, so you know, Randy's a big Tennessee fan. We had a lot of Tennessee guys on the podcast. So, you know, honestly, we were all rooting on the other side, and man, uh you ripped their hearts out, man, that game. Like, obviously, it's a team game, but you specifically, I mean, defensively, offensively. And the first question I got to ask you out the game, man, I'm, I'm going to find out a lot about you right here. What was the better feeling, the three for four with the home run or that defensive play in the bottom of the fourth?
3: Dang, that's hard. Hmm. Um, Honestly, I'd probably say the, the three for four with the bomb.
1: Really, man? I actually thought you were going to say, I told
3: the guys before the podcast, I
1: thought you would say the defensive play. That, I watched it like five more times preparing for this episode. Man, dude, that was so nasty. Like, I, I still don't even know how you made it. it.
2: <laughs> yeah, you hurt you hurt Randy's heart, man. Like, Bro, I ain't going to lie, though. Nothing but respect. Tip of the cap to you, G, because that, that was cold. I appreciate it.
1: So yeah, you hit the bomb, man. You you know you you had the game. You got the the SEC tournament MVP. You know, um, we talk about the up and down season for you individually, but man, to close out the SEC tournament the way you did to get that that award, I mean, how did that feel?
3: Oh, I mean, it felt amazing. Just just you know, just for me to go in there and you know help help my team win, and I mean. But we couldn't have done it too. I mean with I mean just me. I mean the whole team contributed. So I mean it was a fun experience for me and you know for the team. And we won our first SEC tournament championship. So
1: Yeah, yeah no doubt. I, I imagine it's an amazing feeling. Like I said, y'all y'all dominated all year. And so we get we get to the postseason, man. And I gotta ask you, you know, we, we talk about the coming from, from JUCO to you know Division I SEC. Talk about Bomb Walker. What is it like in that atmosphere at Regionals? I mean, how crazy
3: is that crowd? Man, it's it's something special. I mean, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. So I mean, just it's like you get goosebumps. If if you go to a game and you hear that crowd scream, you, you will get goosebumps. I mean, it's just it's special. And I mean, hats off to the fans.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. No matter how much we pull against y'all, man, y'all y'all can play ball and you got a fan base that is you – you're definitely behind your back. I got a lot of friends that are that are Arkansas fans and and they absolutely man stand behind you, they love y'all. And, uh, and I saw, obviously, y'all play on TV, and I saw how crazy that crowd was. So, I can only imagine what it was like being on that field. So, you know, y'all take care of business and regionals, but we got to talk about it, super regionals. First, um, you know, you win the first game against NC State 21-2, to and I remember our group text like it was yesterday, Randy, Daniel. I know y'all remember. We were like, man, let's just go ahead and send them to Omaha. And I think probably the majority of the nation other than NC State probably felt that way now not to say that you uh, your team overlooked but I mean did y'all kind of feel that same way did y'all already feel like y'all were gonna be moving on the
3: way y'all beat them like that yeah I mean not gonna lie yes but I mean I I knew once we beat them that bad you know the next game was either it was gonna be a one-run game it was gonna be a a rubber match I'd, I'd say so I mean, and it, and it was, but we unfortunately lost.
1: But let's talk um, about that game three, man. Let's talk about a team out of yours. I mean, because the whole country's talking about them. You know, for you standing back there at shortstop, right behind him, man. How excited do you get when Kevin Cops takes that mound?
3: Oh, I mean, dude, it's 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 just like your confidence goes up way a lot. I, I
0: saw I saw you sit down one time when he. Took the bound. You just you just lay down on the ground. <laughs>
3: no, I mean it's. Um, he is. It's like he's contagious. You know, he has a lot of success, which gives us success. Where it's just, it's like Kevin's coming in. So yeah, we'll, we'll be fine.
1: Have you ever seen anything? You know, obviously this episode's supposed to be about you, but we want to make it a little bit about your team. And, and you know, yeah. since he's that guy. Like, have you ever mm-hmm. seen anything like what he's done? Uh, a reliever who pitches so many games, pitches so many innings, and then in that specific instance, he he had just pitched, and then he comes out there and, and pitches the whole game. Like, have you – you know, in your time in baseball, have you ever seen anything like that?
3: I have not, no. I mean, that was, it's incredible what he did. And, I yep. mean, even yep. even before that game started, Robert came up to me and was like, hey, Kevin started. And I mean, I got so happy. I was like, "We're gonna win this!" But unfortunately, that didn't happen. So,
1: yeah, it's a it's a crazy stat. What was it, Randy? The number one team coming into the postseason in the NCAA hasn't even made the national title game since what 1999? Is that what it was?
2: True, that's a fact. Yeah, that number one seed, number one team.
1: So you y'all went about it all wrong, man. Y'all needed to lose a couple games before y'all went into to the postseason, so, yeah. so y'all could have got that number one away from y'all. That Now y'all know going into next year, make sure you got that number two beside you, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, for appreciate sure. Yeah, sir. <laughs> but, no, man, uh, I know it's uh, it hurts. It's painful. You didn't make it to Omaha, but I don't feel like the season's lost at all, man. Like I said, to dominate SEC play like that, um, yeah, it, it, it hurts, but I felt like y'all got something to build on. Y'all are bringing a lot of talent back. Y'all still have a top-notch coach. You talked about the fan base, the stadium. So I think it just, uh, you know, it leaves y'all with something to to really be excited for next year. And then
3: y'all are just that much more hungry, Um, I would say, going into next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to come back is because, I mean, that last out, last out was me. I had the last out on the third game.
1: Yeah, I know. I wasn't even going to bring it up, man. You threw yourself under there.
3: Uh, I uh, it's okay I'll bring it up man I was so mad it was just it it left a bad taste in my mouth and I mean I mean I I told my dad after that game like I wanted to come back so so
1: I want to ask you a question man um you know most most teams definitely wouldn't pull for a team that knocked them out. But when NC State went to Omaha and then they ended up having to uh, remove themselves from the tournament because of COVID, man, did you feel, man, especially after you saw them, you know, battle back against y'all and win that series and and go to Omaha where they stayed on fire. So, you know, they slayed Goliath and and then they go do their thing and then to have it ripped away from them like that. I mean, did you guys feel for them?
3: Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, they beat us, so we're, we're pulling for them to win it all. I mean, it was just – it's it's a tough situation for them. And, of course, like, we we all felt bad for them. But, you know, I don't know. It is what it is, I guess.
1: They should have made a call to you guys and been like, all right, look, NC State can't play. You know, they knocked off Arkansas. Yeah, y'all go ahead and we need y'all here tomorrow to play against Vanderbilt. Hey, we would have been there in a heartbeat. But, you know, the baseball didn't end for you there. Uh, you know, I've been seeing pictures of you all summer uh, playing ball. You know, tell us what summer league you're in and, uh, and how that's been to help you get ready for this next upcoming season.
3: Uh, I was playing in the uh, TCL, the Texas Collegiate League, and um, we we were called the Flying Chonkless. You know, it was like uh, the missions affiliate or whatever, something like that. I don't know, but I mean, yeah, it, it was a fun experience. I mean, I saw a lot of good pitching. I got some, um, I got tons of abs, and I mean, I'm just, I'm just ready to get started here in Arkansas.
0: Between between now and day one of the spring at Arkansas. What is the one thing that Jalen has to work on and be better at
3: consistency with the bet and you know my speed I'm trying to get faster
1: that's why he don't remember his 40 time right there uh uh-huh. he didn't want to tell us
3: no got- I'm serious like, I
0: don't know <laughs> He's, he's trying to up them them SBs this year from six. He's trying yes. to be the, in double digits next year. Does yes. Jeter does Jeter know his
3: 40 time? Oh, uh, that's that's a good question. But he he might try to lie to you and say it's like a four four or something.
0: <laughs> look, Jalen, all you need to be able to do is go from first to third. Everybody knows exactly. that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, man. Look, we're not gonna hold you. But we do wanna play a quick little game that we play with everybody. So it's called this or that. Are you down to play before you get out of here? Let's do it. All right, man, it's real simple. I give you two options and all you gotta do is pick one option or the other. You cannot say both and you can't say neither. So you gotta be definitive. You gotta choose one, whichever the first one that pops in your head, just say, say that. All right. All right, here we go. I'm coming out of the gates hard. Who is scarier? Kevin Copps or your mom? My mom. Who's scared? Yeah, I had a no hesitation. She, man, I tell you what though, she is a grinder. She is like, she's a hustler, man. Don't don't let her fool you because our sponsor, one of our sponsors, Truby, man, she's out there pushing that stuff hard. So, Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to her and anybody out there trying to get their stuff together. You know, hit her up, hit us up, and off the bench. We'll we'll, we'll take care of you. We'll get you going on the right path. But question two, would you rather never wait in line again or when you're driving, hit every green light?
3: Never wait in line again.
0: Is there a line that you're like, man, I can't stand that line. I would love never to wait in that line again.
1: Chick-fil-A. (laughs) Chick-fil-A. What an answer.
0: That, that seems to always be the longest line, but I will say, here in Tampa, they're probably, like, they're the machines in this drive-thru line. It's not too bad. All right, would you rather live without a toilet or without a cell phone?
3: Cell phone. Mm-hmm. Are you a I, cell don't, phone? I, I don't need my cell phone.
0: No, you're not a texter, not a caller, not a social media guy. You just kind
3: of. I mean, no, I wouldn't say. But my dad says I do need to, you know, post more on social media, which I don't I don't understand. But Look, man, that's him.
0: There's, there's only one person right now responsible for that brand, and that's you, Jalen. So you got to promote that brand. You got to promote the yep. Jalen brand, man. Get yourself mm-hmm. out there. Get yourself seen and get yourself paid, man. That's sir. That's, that's that's legal now
3: yeah
0: all right so would you rather look strong but you're actually weak or would you rather look weak and be strong
3: look weak and be strong
0: would you rather spend 10 years in a coma or five years in jail (sighs)
3: 10 years in a coma.
0: Thank you. Give me that 10-year nap. There's some There's some guys on here. I'm not going to say any names, but there's some fellow SEC rivals that claim that they're hardcore and they spent, they'll spend five years in jail, but I don't believe anything they say.
3: <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. That's All right. Funny. So
0: the, the next set of questions is a setup for the very last question. So here, here's the first of the series. Would you rather be the first pick in the in the draft and lose all your friends or would you rather be a 10th round pick, but be able to keep your friends? So first round pick, you got to get rid of all your friends or a 10th round pick and you get to keep your friends.
3: 10th round, get to keep my friends.
0: All right. I'm going to let you. I, i never let people do this. But I'm gonna let you know. First round pick, anywhere from two and a half mil to eight and a half mil. Mm-hmm. Tenth round, one hundred and forty-two thousand dollars. You still you still going tenth round with your friends? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Would you rather take twenty-five thousand dollars for yourself, or give a hundred thousand to a friend?
3: a hundred thousand to a friend. See you see my, my friend group is very small so the ones I do have they're special they're loyal. All
0: right so the last oh. question is the staple question I have a feeling I know what you're gonna pick would you rather have money or would you rather have friends?
3: <laughs> friends for mm. sure
0: Randy you want you want to talk to this this young man
3: Jalen?
2: How many friends we talking like like three four? How how big's the group? Um, close
3: friends, probably
2: about five. Five. Uh, okay, so you those five over any amount of money? We talking like you can get Mike Trout bag, and you still gonna pick them five? Yeah. All right. I respect it. I don't agree with it. I wouldn't do it. I'm throwing these dudes out. But for I I like I think you're telling us the truth.
3: Money can't buy you
2: happiness. Oh, that's not true. That's only what, that's that, only
3: what, that, that, that is true.
2: I don't think so. I'm I'm gonna tell you, I ain't rich, but I'm a lot happier now than I was <laughs> when I was poor.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, Jalen. Anything you
3: want to plug or promote, man? Um, no, I don't. No. Hey, this is your chance. Remember what Dad said. You <sighs> got to put yourself out there. Then nothing comes to mind right now. I got you. Well.
0: Hey, man, we want to thank you for coming on, man. We we enjoyed the story. We hope, you know, we, we wish nothing but the best. We hope you come back on and, and, and you're talking about a national championship, SEC championship. Uh, sir. You know, player of the year, draft status, all that good stuff, man. But if there's anything along the way that we can help you with, please reach out to us and let us know, okay?
3: Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate y'all having me.
0: You got it, man. Y'all follow the team at RazorbackBSB on Instagram and follow Jalen on Instagram at JalenBattles4. We're going to take a break. We're going to plug our sponsors when we come back. we got some headlines for you.
1: Tattoos have become more of a normal part of society and... You know, one of the things that's a common mistake that people do is they just go anywhere, you know, closest place maybe, whatever's convenient. And a lot of times they get a piece of art that stays on them forever that maybe they don't like so much. So let me help you and eliminate that problem. Go see Jeff Lee Watts easy flea tattoos you can find him on facebook or instagram and you can find him at 1731 dancy boulevard in horn lake number is 662-280-0763 all right boys so you know i've struggled with pain you know i've struggled with weight loss you know i've struggled with anxiety and you know i've struggled with sleep what if i told you there was a place that could help you with all of these things true life dispensary pain relief without narcotics, sleep, weight loss, anxiety relief. You can find this at 117 West Commerce Street in Hernando. Hours Monday through Friday, 9 to 7, Saturday, 10 to 5. So check them out and get your life turned around. Are you looking for that five-star grooming? Oasis Grooming Barber and Beauty Spa is the place to go in North Mississippi. Chris and his staff will get you that fade, trim, or even that hair art you've been looking for. Located at 2662 Highway 51 South in Hernando, or be on the lookout for the new location going up in Silo Square. So join the OG Lifestyle today and tell them the end off the bench sent you. So Daniel, Randy, we always talk about you know trying to better our lives. Daniel, especially you on the the physical side, talk about the things we need to do to live a longer, healthier life. And you know, with life changers, they teach and balance blood chemistry they balance ph they help you be disease free they train you how to make money and so if you're interested in something like this 2610 panola street in hernando mississippi reach out to them let them help you change your life and you can help change other people's lives welcome back to the In
0: off the bench podcast we got some headlines for you leading off tonight jim we're gonna start with some NFL. We're actually gonna talk fantasy football. I know that you're in one of—I mean, hell, last year it was like four leagues that you ended up making bank in. So, how many leagues are you in, and and talk me through the process of rankings and, and where your head is with who you're trying to draft?
3: Well,
1: I'm actually gonna scale back, even with winning uh, numerous leagues. I'm only gonna play three, and uh, they're all ppr so i think with a ppr mindset so um you know i think about the league we're in specifically you know we i like the way it's set up because we have three wide receiver slots and so with that i don't put it past picking a wide receiver with an early pick because you do have so many there um with my other two leagues i've got more of a running back mindset because it's your your normal two wide receiver slots but uh you know, it just depends on what pick you got in our league. You know, I got number three, which is interesting, man. And and Randy knows how I feel about this because if Taysom Hill's the starter, Alvin Kamara is not the guy I want in fantasy football, even though he's my favorite Saint. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, just depends on which league. But um, there are a lot of guys out there. Devontae Adams did so well for me last year. You know, he's somebody I would consider taking early. Obviously, CMC is always that guy. Um, you know, the question would be, do you feel like Saquon Barkley is going to stay healthy? Does Derrick Henry do his thing? You know, lot, lots of questions. I know one thing, Randy, I would never pick Zeke Elliott.
2: Ooh, ooh, man, I don't know. Might my, my need to. This could be the year. I know one thing. The year I don't pick Zeke's going to be the year that he has, like, 2,500 yards rushing.
1: You would actually pick a Cowboy, bro? Other never, than other never, than Witten?
2: I know you picked Witten
1: back in the day, but that's about it.
2: Yeah, and that was even tough for me it was a tough pill to swallow
0: i'll tell you what y'all y'all think i'm just gonna sit here and let y'all bad mouth them like that come on now these dudes these dudes primed and ready for a run are just you like saying this time that zeke, every year
2: will zeke be your first pick in the draft
0: no because i'm drafting in the eighth slot so probably not
2: oh i think he will be available <laughs>
0: No, my, my my initial plan is to go receiver, and then depending, I don't know. I'm I'm. I guess I can discuss it with you because you know, I kind of want um, to do Tariq Hill and follow that up with Pat Mahomes but I don't know if that's such a good strategy. Jim and I talked about it. it. It seems like it could be an okay strategy, but I don't know if I can take a quarterback that early.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if you, you could obviously make the case that if you're going to draft a quarterback that early, Mahomes is probably the, the best option, but I would not. But he was
1: taken in the first round last year by somebody in our league, so he may not even be there by the time he gets to Daniel because – I can't remember who it was, but we have the exact same league returning, so he may he may not be there. I think Daniel needs to go with the guy who didn't get hurt on him last year and who did do his job. He needs to just go back to Stefan Diggs.
0: I mean, I've been riding the Stephon Diggs train for a while. As far as value, I've – pun intended, I've dug every bit of value out of Stefan Diggs that I possibly could the past four years which is paid off. But at some point, when do you stop relying on that and go, all right, I need to put my chip somewhere else. Or do I just say ride it until it, until it crashes?
2: You ride it till the wheels fall off, baby.
0: I mean if, if do you know how he acquired
1: Stefan Diggs? He he acquired him from me in the in the first week of the season last year because I felt sick even drafting him after what he did to the Saints. <laughs> and so Daniel goes, That's actually my guy. I have him every year. Let's talk. And it didn't take but about five minutes. And I think we had a trade.
0: Yep. Yeah, it it was it was a very easy transaction, easy pick for me. Um but I don't know. I don't know. It's, it comes down to, I I'm in two leagues and I'm eighth pick in one league and ninth pick in the other. So like, I feel like both of my teams could look very similar, which is not a, a, a recipe. It's not, I, I don't know. It's something that I don't typically do, but you know, if, if it pays off well, then I have a chance of winning two leagues. But, Randy,
1: do you prefer the late pick or the early pick? Cause both leagues I won were late picks.
2: Yeah, I like the uh, well. I like the snake draft too when I can go like late and then again real soon. But right. I mean, I'd rather yeah, definitely go early. I mean, late.
0: All right, Jim. So let's let's talk about this. Who best and worst values for let let's say the running back position, um, first round? Who best value, worst value?
1: I mean, I'm gonna start off with. My guy right off the bat, I just just, with the Saints and the way everything's going to be different. I think Alvin Kamara is not a guy that I would really want to pick third. I mean, I'm just I'm just keeping it real like and being that I'm a Saints fan and that's my guy. The the idea that I can notice that, um, you know, I have the third pick at ours and I just if it's if he's there, I don't know that I want to do that um cmc is always going to be worth the value the, the one that i would ask you know and i'll pass it to you randy can saquon barkley stay healthy for a year because if so he is every bit of worth the second pick
2: no i would absolutely take him i mean i've taken i took him the year that he uh you know didn't get to play because of injuries but i think he's going to come back stronger this year and obviously you know i, I would take him if i get a chance at two and he and C-Mac goes number one i'd go saquon over Kamara, because like you said, we don't really know what that's going to look like. Obviously he could prove us all wrong. Kamara could go out there and, and absolutely dominate. He has that ability, but I got, I would have to go Saquon over Kamara right now.
0: I mean, there's a, there's an argument to be made for not picking. If you have the, fir- the first overall pick, there's an argument to be made about not picking McCaffrey, not picking Barkley, not picking Kamara, um, and that leaves you kind of with Dalvin Cook. But is he's, he going to be able to repeat what he did?
1: He's, well, he's done it back-to-back years, if I'm not mistaken, killed it. So, I mean, and so is Derrick Henry right behind him for, for that matter. So, I mean, I don't know. Th- those two guys almost seem like the better option. And I think Derrick Henry's going to, you know, with their receiving core that they have this year, um, it's going to open up some space for him because they're going to have to respect that pass
2: game. They will, but does that mean that they're gonna be trying to air it out more and go away from that smash mouth? I mean, you would hope not, but it could happen. Just I mean, just look- don't put just don't start them against that Colts defense, right, Randy? <laughs> don't come in that hole. Darius Leonard coming with his yeah. bag of cash.
0: Look look at Antonio Gibson, the eighth rated running back in the league. Is am I missing something? Like I uh,
1: no, I, mean, he I was, think if he he was looking last, last year, year,
2: yeah, he was he was phenomenal. Especially because we're talking
1: PPR, too. He gets a lot of catches out of the backfield.
2: Absolutely. And that's why I think, yeah, I, I, you're right. And that's why you, and I don't see him right there, but that's why I like Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. I mean, he gets so many freaking carries. And so many, I mean, he's not a guy that I would draft top ten, but, I mean, if you get second, third round in a PPR league, I mean.
1: Where, where's Henderson, you know, now that he's the starter in L.A.? He can't be too far down.
0: I mean, he's down there, bro. He is that's a steal then. Hey, that is 63rd. Six, I, I said
2: Josh, Jacob. Josh Jacobs was at 52 or something. So I that's think, a steal too. Hey, yeah.
1: sleeping on you're My championship teams, both both of them actually hey. had him ironically,
2: Randy. Yeah, not a guy that I would pick this, in the top, but like you said though, man.
0: This I, is this if you is tell me guy. I can get him
2: in the fourth round. I'm all over it. Oh, it's a steal.
0: This guy right here, that's my that's my guy.
1: <laughs> ATN. This ain't Clemson, but here, bro.
0: But but here's the thing. He can catch out of the backfield and he can make plays. So in the right scheme, which I think Urban Myers probably I think we can all agree, if there's a scheme type guy that's gonna allow a guy with speed out of the backfield to catch the ball and make moves and and, and grab some yards, like that's the right coach
2: well what running back can you name of urban's teams that have done i mean i know i hear you with percy harvin and and tight ends and you know hernandez but i can't really think of a running back and maybe i'm just missing it
0: yeah well i mean you'd Mm -hmm. have to you'd have to take a a close look at ohio state but it it, here's the thing they didn't necessarily have to i don't think well you're a resident
2: ohio state fan daniel so what you got to tell us
0: man I mean, I, I don't I don't I can't name one no.
2: They put out DBs
0: of, though. I'll put that out. I just there. go off of the, the offense in general. Um but I don't know. I I read about him at, at camp only because down here you're gonna you're gonna get a few teams. You're gonna get the Jaguars reports, you're gonna get the Bucks reports, you're gonna get the Dolphins reports. Um, and they're very high on him in camp and what he can do out of the backfield and for the fact that he can not only run the ball, but he can also catch the ball out of the backfield.
2: So. Let me tell you what's gonna happen with the Jaguars, bro. They're gonna have he can go for fifteen hundred yards and they're gonna be two and fourteen or two and fifteen. The I don't
1: care. Unless unless I Gardner don't... Minshew's used to start baby, then they're gonna be at least four and twelve.
2: My four... man said he ain't gonna take a dump because number two is not an option. You know what's weird?
1: I just said four and 12, guys. We've got to get our records. Correct. Hey, you In heard what I said. Games. I said two and 15. Did you? I yeah. Oh, myself. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, but, hey, man, I, I – hey, look, I – you know, Trevor Lawrence, top pick, I get all that, everything, man. Dude, Gardner, I feel like, man, if I'm the coach, I'm rolling that dude out there at least week one for sure. I got
0: to see it, that mustache out there. What? All right, so I'll ask you this, Randy. Being Being the money guy and the contract guy, like – there's got to be some pressure to make sure Lawrence plays this year, right?
2: Sure. But on the flip side of that is, do you not – you know you got him locked up, right? You Do you not play Gardner Minshew one, two, three games, try to get that value up and try to flip him for a little something? Maybe – and we know in the NFL it's not always going to be this even trade. They might trade him for a, a bag of peanuts and, you know, maybe an arrest record since we're talking about Urban Meyer. But <laughs> – you know, I, I gotta gotta get shots in on my guy, but I just I think you try to get a sh- it's a showcase for Gardner Minshew to, try to go out there and prove himself.
0: So, do you, at the end of this, do you think Gardner Minshew is playing for a position with the Jaguars or just playing for a position in the league somewhere?
2: He's playing for position in the league somewhere because we saw it with the Dolphins, right? Even when you have a reliable starter, at the end of the day, they're still – you're right. They're going to play the rookie at some point because we're in a league now that is, what have you done for me lately? And they got to get those guys out there. They don't sit for a year or two like, you know, your boy, uh, you know, a, a-, a- Ron. They're going to get out there and play right away, first year, six, seven games in. Jim, so- who,
0: who's, a, who's a better – who's a better quote guy, Gardner Minshew or Baker Mayfield?
1: Oh, oh man. Well, I mean, give me Baker. Well, overall Baker, but I mean, just when you go recent statement, I mean, you're gonna go Gardner. I, I got a question for you guys. If you know, to to end my thought process on fantasy, I mentioned this to you guys in group text. And in this specific league, Daniel it might be hard because they're such a holes that once they figure out what I'm doing, they'll do anything to prevent it. So it'd have to be a different league. But, Randy, if I was to successfully be able to pull it off and draft all LSU players, give me a percentage chance that I can take home a fantasy title.
2: Oh, man, probably pretty good because, I mean, you got obviously quarterback, running back. You got received – I mean – The tight end is the only thing, leaky. It's going to have to be Moreau and Moss, and you got to hope that they see
1: the field. But other than that, yeah, I'm, feel- saw- I'm feeling good.
0: Are you are you drafting Jameis as your quarterback? <laughs>
1: Did did, did, I, did Man, I, say, I did I
0: say LSU? LSU Bro, the, oh, the, the, the I'm interesting thinking, I'm thinking saying so I'm up here looking at Alvin Kamara and so and but here here's
1: up. what here was my interesting thought though Randy here here's the only problem I have with doing this I actually really want to do it like I would have to especially with like the third pick I would be picking because the highest on the board is Justin Jefferson. I'd be picking him around early. Way too many picks. Up. Like everybody, I would have to come. I'd have to pull them off the board early, which just would feel so wrong. But like, I just like if I could get if I could get Jefferson, Chase, OBJ, because like I said, it's a three wide receiver league. Or Landry instead of OBJ, you got Burrow, you got Clyde edwards Hilaire, you got Fournette. Like, like I, I think I could do
2: this. Yeah, I would I would give it a good shot. Hey, real quick, cause you talk about drafting all your team's players. We talked about a steal, and I know you've probably been reading this for all. And we saw it last year too. For all intents and purposes, our boy Callaway down for the Saints is really being the breakout star. I think this is the year you're going to see that guy possibly be not wide receiver two, maybe even wide receiver one, depending on you know obviously what you know your boy Michael Thomas is doing. You know,
1: I'll say this about Callaway. First of all, you know how much uh, potential I think he has, and how much I love him. I hate that he changed his number. I actually liked him wearing that 12 because you know Marcus Colson has such a dear spot in my heart. And I wanted Callaway to be the next guy like that. Obviously, he's a different player. He's more explosive, but yeah. like I, I, no, I, I liked him wearing that number.
2: No, I agree with you. I don't I don't know why so everybody's changing their numbers. I don't understand.
0: Yeah, I I'm still lost. I don't know. Uh, and that's probably why i don't do well in fantasies cuz i don't really have a plan going in i do a couple mock drafts i have an idea but
1: my mock draft this man draft- sent me a mock draft the other day randy that was i don't know who he was drafting with but i said if you get that team then yeah you got a championship locked up i don't know who he was drafting with
0: bro guess what they what they graded
2: me c minus d minus oh.
1: <laughs> They had a championship team if I ever seen one. That's that's
0: you must have had
2: you must have had cowboys in there, like you automatically go down a gray when you do.
0: No, I had I did have a cowboy, I I had Tony Pollard, but it was he was like a bench guy, he wasn't even a
2: starter. Oh, y'all see, Tony Pollard put he was finna put them hands on the dude the other day. I know it was was. Memphis. You don't want that Memphis, man. Nope. All right, guys, let's let's move
0: away from fantasy because I feel like we could we could talk this for a while, but I don't want to get lost in it. So let's let's transition over to baseball and you know we'll, on the story front not a whole lot of stories, but we'll just talk standings um, starting with the American League, the East the Rays continue that, that upward trend four games ahead of the Red Sox uh, six and a half ahead of the Yankees. The Yankees are, are, are two and a half behind the Red Sox kind of closing distance. Not really it's hard to tell Um, But the Red Sox are really floundering. I mean, they're two of eight of their last 10. Um, Everybody in in the division is eight eight and two of the last 10, except for the Orioles. And they've just been struggling all year. So um, this could be the chance for the Rays to make a lot of distance up or uh, separate themselves. And this could be a chance for the Yankees to to try to capitalize on, on, on moving forward Dude, ahead of the Red Sox,
1: the Yankees are red hot, bro. Rizzo, yep. the Rizzo effect—that's what I'd say.
0: I mean, we go back to it all the time. Like you, you got guys like Garrett Cole that are that are right there for you on the mound, but then you you at, you bolster a a, hard, a lineup that maybe have may have been underproducing this season, but now it's like they're starting to figure it out like this is not not a good time for those guys to start figuring it out if if you're a fan of any other team in the east or in the American League in general um but we we move to the the central and well, like, well
1: before before you move I'm just going to say I don't think they'll catch the rays I think that that hole has, is too deep but I do think they'll pass Boston and I do think they will make a wild card
2: agreed
0: yeah so this is historically this is the best raised team at this point in the season that that there ever was um, they're above 500 by more games than they've ever been they are up more games over the second place team at this point than they've ever been um, you know they're they're playing well so i i don't know if if they have it to to win at all because it's just really really hard but they're, they're making, they're making a case for it. That's for sure. Um You know, and, and with, with Tampa just being the, the championship city, it would only be fitting for them to win it,
1: you know, this
0: year. Sure. Y'all, yeah. well, Brady, y'all, y'all don't need well, no, well, need no well, more titles, bro. No. So you got the, the White Sox, like it, it's almost like the central isn't even worth talking about because the White Sox are just, it, it was, Six games for a while, then it was eight games for a couple of weeks. Now it's ten
1: games. Well, right? you you want to know why there's – the because I happen to see probably more MLB than I've seen in a while recently. Uh, you notice all the Central teams are going further back, and, you know, it's three out of the five East teams are eight and two. That's because the East just waxed essential in matchups. Well, I mean, I think
0: with the exception of the White Sox, you would probably say – any of those East teams with the exception of the Orioles against any of the central teams, you'd probably put your money on the East teams. Just because I mean,
1: what do you guys think of the uniforms uh, for the field of dreams between the White Sox and the Yankees? I loved them. I did too. Oh, yes. People are there. I seen a lot of people saying that needs to be a regular thing.
0: I agree. Yeah, that would be sweet. what y'all, what do y'all think about the field? The actual field, I get mixed reviews on the field. Like, it's not what people thought it was going to be. They thought it was going to be the actual, like, <laughs> corn field. You know, I mean, which, them dudes uh,
2: going to be hitting 700-foot bombs. Right, which, the field.
0: which is just silly, but, like, you, you know, the, I will say the field that they are playing on looks a, a little manufactured, which it is. It's not as rustic and 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 not run down, but, like, original as you might would like it, but the corn stalks are there. The corn rows are there. Like it's, it's where you want it to be. And to to me, I can feel the nostalgia. Well,
1: Randy talks about all the time. MLB needs to do things. They need to keep progressing to get people interested because, you know, we've seen over the years, they've fallen behind the curve and things like this are ways to get, especially because, you know, some people that, you know, may have fallen out or a lot of your old school cats and that's a way to bring them back around.
2: I agree. And just to touch on it real quick, um, Barstool that we all know, and and, and I know I like them a lot. They're actually in talks with MLB to do a broadcasting deal. So you talk about bringing the old heads back. You have to do that, but you also have to bring this next generation into baseball. And not only is field of dreams, a way to do it, but also bringing up that new age of of broadcasting. it's going to be totally non-traditional, but it's going to get more people interested. So to your point, Jim, that's what we got to do is get everybody back in it. Yeah, this is, I mean, this
0: is a good opportunity. I don't, I don't know what the – like, where would the next game be? If you wanted to continue something like this, you could always do a game at, at Field of Dreams, but where else could they play a game, Jim? I mean, I, I'm trying to think, but I, I don't – nothing's like jumping I mean, the does game. it
1: have – I mean, are, are we saying it has to be a pro pro part? No, I mean, not necessarily. I think they should do a Sandlot game. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to – I mean, I'm sure there's a, a double-A or triple-A team in Iowa, right? Like <laughs> The Iowa Cubs. There you go. That's, that's where it's got to be.
0: Shoot. I mean, it, let let Bezos get those guys. They'll, we'll play a, a game on the moon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Are they going to have game. to ride up the penis rocket, though?
0: Oh, yeah. They're going to ride the penis mobile straight to the moon.
2: Randy, what will be
1: harder to buy on pay-per-view, that game on the moon or a, a UFC <laughs> event on ESPN Plus?
2: Oh, man. Golly. <laughs> they got to they gotta figure that out. <laughs> what,
0: what sucks about ESPN Plus is that they make you feel like if you have an ESPN Plus subscription, you automatically get the fight which is not the case.
2: No, you cheap. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> You're right. I am cheap when it comes to that. I ain't, I ain't paying for a pay-per-view. I just want to have a subscription to something and just get it. Like, I don't want to have the subscription and then, then bust up an ad that I have to click on or it won't let me do anything. I don't know if y'all have experienced that, but, like, like I'll pull up the ESPN app. There'll be a fight on Saturday. The ad will pop up talking about you could purchase the fight for seven hundred and fifty nine dollars and it won't go away until you click it
2: i think you need to just give bella your phone she can figure this out for you though Uh
1: she could
0: i'm sure she could i mean you might have a seven
2: hundred and fifty five dollar bill but you're gonna be watching some ufc
0: Uh uh-uh i'm good i don't i don't need to watch every you would have got to
2: see my boy Derek lewis get dominated i'm so disappointed
0: well, with that though, like, it was it a good fight for him, and he should have won, or was it just he out of the gate just just bad?
2: no I mean, he's overmatched. What always gets a guy like Derek Lewis is the power. The, that's what's got him. That's what's got him every win, right? He is that the his hands are so heavy that if he can touch you, but he couldn't. You know the the length. The speed, the versatility, the athleticism was just too much, and I mean, he never had a chance. I mean, he had a couple of decent shots, but he couldn't get inside. He couldn't get close enough. The kicks, the spinning kicks, the backhands, I mean, it was just an all-on display of dominance. I mean, that wasn't even close. Now we're going to get to see Ngannou, and that's going to be the fight of the year until we see John Jones do his thing because he's still the greatest in the sport. I don't care what nobody says.
1: We gotta get back on track. Well,
0: well no, back I back know back. what we were Before,
2: doing. I was I, actually,
1: I was actually okay with it, Daniel. I thought we were just trying to avoid talking about the Astros, and so we went to UFC, and I liked it. Like let's let's just not talk about the Astros, and we'll do UFC, and then we'll get to the National League. That was okay. that was the bypass.
0: That's perfect. So let me ask you about John Jones, Randy. Is he coming back?
2: Yeah, he's too big of a name not to come back. It's kind of like, well, he's the difference. The difference is Conor McGregor keeps coming back. As a cash cow, but John Jones gonna come back and actually dominate in the ring. Isn't in the in the octagon. It ain't just gonna be all smoke show and talk.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Does does the name John Jones garner a championship fight out the gate?
2: hundred percent. Day one championship fight.
0: And if he wins, he holds the championship. And he let's say he, and let's say he chooses not to defend it.
2: Oh, well, you gotta strip him then. You can't have that. Gotta defend is it. He,
0: is he a guy that would do something like that?
2: <laughs> Probably, because he doesn't need money, right? I mean, he, he's he got all the money. He was one of the biggest UFC fighters ever, got the the biggest endorsement deal from Reebok and all that stuff. So, yeah, he doesn't need the money.
0: But with with all these these drug allegations, can he afford not to defend it?
2: I think to cement his legacy, I think a lot of people like myself do think he is pound for pound the best fighter of all time. But to – really cemented in he's going to have to come back win it again and then defend it at least two or three more times and also you got to step up in another weight class because he dominated light heavyweight step up to heavyweight and let's see what you got big boy
0: all right so let's let's go back to the east now in the national league and we talked about dominating fights but the east has been a battle and guys the phillies are now in first place and the braves who we've been waiting on to make this push have now fought their way back and they're two games out behind the Phillies. They're now ahead of the Mets by a half a game. Um, they're seven and three of their last ten. The only downside is that the Phillies are eight and two of their last ten, which is why the Phillies are are ahead of the Braves right
3: now.
2: Wasn't it me that called the Phillies, or was that you that said they was going to be in first place? I know one of us did.
0: That was that was me.
2: Oh, and man. I'm sad Uh, I mentioned it now.
1: No, no, you said you called the Phillies to to gain ground. So you weren't just just off base, Randy. I mean, they gained ground. They just gained a lot of ground.
2: (laughs) Eight in a row will do that for you.
1: I got a question for you, Daniel, right at the end. I'm going to point this at you in reference to those two teams, all right? I'm going to bring up my man Austin Riley by doing it. But I'm going to start with Bryce Harper. So I'm seeing all this talk. Bryce Harper, NL MVP, right? All right, I'm going to read you his stats. Average 302, home runs 20, RBIs 45, OPS 983. All right. Austin Riley batting 291, so just just short of him. But 23 home runs, 68 RBIs, which is 23 more, with an OPS of 887 just right below him as well. they rank uh pretty close when it comes to average and OPS, and then he's winning the home runs and RBIs, and yet – somehow Bryce Harper is in an MVP talk and Austin Riley's hardly regarded as one of the top players on his team most days.
0: Well, what you, what you have to ask yourself is, is are the Phillies where they're at because Bryce Harper's playing the way he is or are the Braves where they're at because Austin is playing the way he is?
1: Man, I can, I can actually say that there are a lot of games that, that Austin has man. Uh, Randy'll speak to that I mean dude Austin has carried them in some games here lately. he is he is money. I think it's Bryce Harper's just a bigger name because the Phillies as a team have just looked amazing their their pitching gotten it together. like that that race right there, going through the rest of the season, we thought it was going to be the West. I could argue the East obviously the teams in the West are better that we, we know that in the in the NL West. But as far as when we're just talking about intrigue and close down to the wire, the East can be just as good as the West. It could be any one of these three teams because we know the capabilities of the Mets with their pitching. Um, we we knew the Braves would come around, and then the, the Phillies have a ton of talent. And, you know, just last year, like I said, Daniel, you had them as the dark horse. Randy was talking about them last week. I don't, I mean, I wouldn't even know who to lay the bet on.
0: Well, when it comes to MVP, I think this, the follow-up, to the question I just asked you is if you remove Bryce Harper from the equation on the Phillies, are they as good as they are? No. My answer is no. If you remove Austin Riley from the Braves, are they as good as they are? No. My, my answer to that is yes. <sighs>
1: I hope Austin ain't listening.
0: Well, I love Austin. He's a great guy. I'm just I'm I'm being honest. Like when you talk about most valuable player, I think Bryce Harper is valued on the Phillies a lot higher than what Austin Riley is valued. And that may be true, and here, but... here, here, here's why. Because not only does Bryce Harper's contract say that, but the Braves are okay with shopping Austin Riley around to figure out they might re-sign him, but they're gonna they're they're not afraid. To send him somewhere else for value. That's so so
1: I so I learned I learned something through talking to Randy because Randy's always a money guy. I never know anything, but um, you know, talk to talk to people in Austin's camp and, and learn something. Um, because I I don't know, for whatever reason, I just thought he was a free agent. The the team has control through 2022 and they have three years of arbitration eligibility, free agent 2026. Um, right now he's getting paid 595 K this year and is ranked as the second-best deal at third base, only uh, behind Rafael Devers. Um, And so, anyway, Atlanta's going to have to pay him. I think he's going to stay a Brave, and he's going to be a Brave, and they're going to have to pay him the money. Because you're not going to go – I don't tell me what guy that they're going to go out there and be able to acquire through free agency, and they'd have to give up a ton through trade. So, I think Austin is going to remain a Brave, and I think he's going to get a big payday.
0: Or – or you find a suitor that has cash and is willing to pay you the bag for Austin Riley and give you money and give you development and return. And the Braves do what the Rays are notoriously good at. Next guy up, paying them exactly what they're paying Austin Riley.
2: Well, you got to think too, to your point though, DB, they have... Last just last year, they were multiple options at third base. That I mean, they Austin wasn't the everyday third baseman. He's definitely earned that spot and earned a long contract in this league. But to your Absolutely. point, the Braves—I don't know. You don't hear a lot of talk, even when I watch Braves broadcast, They don't talk about we got to sign this guy long term. There's still talk of are they going to flip him for some arms? They're going to flip him for some young development. I mean, to, so to your point, obviously the Phillies—you're not doing that with Bryce. But I could also make the argument on the on the flip side with. Bryce Harper, is he the most valuable player on that team? And I don't know. It could be Segura with the shortstop who's got a higher batting average. His war is higher. So, I mean, I hear what you're saying because it's the value of the contract. But, man, that's a tough one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, there, there's – for argument's sake, you know, I'm, I'm taking Bryce Harper. But the, the reality is, is there's not a clear-cut winner. And usually when that happens, it's going to be bigger name. I mean, we've we've seen it in many sports. And um,
1: well, who would who would be your who would be your MVP? Either you guys for the for the NL right now. Who, I mean, there there's there's plenty of names out there. I don't think it's that's the thing they're saying Bryce Harper, but I don't I don't think it's Bryce Harper.
0: I think that's the problem is when you when you can't solidify yourself on one guy. Like to me, that means there's more guys that could win it. Um but I don't know. There's still a half of half a season of baseball left and I mean there's there's no telling. I mean, obviously I guess Bryce Harper's the favorite. He's the name. And I would say, you know, as far as MLB, they probably are okay with Bryce Harper being the MVP just, you know, for recognition's sake.
2: I think it's if I had to pick one, I'm picking Trey Turner. That's my MVP. That is a solid, solid
1: choice. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm picking Tyler O'Neill. I'm just – I'm being clear. Of course you are. <laughs> he went four for four the other day.
2: Let's talk about it. <laughs> God, that team is so bad, though. What's wrong with
1: uh, that, that's still, how the Braves got hot. They played the Cardinals.
0: I'm, I'm still bitter about Tyler O'Neill, Jim, when you were at my house and he came up to the bat to, to win the game and do looked at three straight. Three straight. Jim was so pumped up. He got, he got so excited. He brought Sarah in there to see it. And Sarah was like, oh, it's Tyler O'Neal. Strike one. I was like, yeah, man. All right, now he's ready. Strike two. I said, oh shit, this don't look good. Jim's like, oh, he's got this. He's my boy. Next pitch. Right down the middle. Strike three. Didn't swing the bat, didn't take it off his shoulder, didn't do jack. So I'm I'm bitter about I Tyler. Just, O'Neal. I
1: just got to be in attendance because the last two games that I was in attendance, Tyler O'Neill went yard. So, all
0: right, move move it on. I I think you know the East is is a great matchup, but the Central, um, Reds five and a half back of the Brewers. Brewers look like they're starting to control things, and the Cardinals are floundering because they're doing exactly what they've done all year. They win a couple, lose a couple, win a couple, lose a couple, and they're four and six of the last 10, which is, you know, five and five, six and four, four and six of the last 10. Every, every week we look at them, they're somewhere in that range. So, not good enough. Middle of the pack. I, I mean, I, I don't even think they're a playoff team, to be honest, um, unless they really do something drastically different. So, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about the Central. I think the Brewers are going to win. I think they're going to lock it up. I don't see the Reds catching them. But you know it, it could be close between them towards the end. But I, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, the West, and I'm going to say this because we're going to we're going to have some picks here in a minute. My pick is for the Giants to extend their lead on these fools. They're going <laughs> to make it six games by next week. By the time we're talking next week, Giants going to be up six games. Just doing
3: work.
1: Let me let okay. So let me ask you a question, Randy. I'm gonna point this to you since he because he, he's so biased to these Giants right now. Let's say the Giants win the division. Let's see the Giants are number one overall See, Then they face the Dodgers in the playoffs. Who are you picking? The Dodgers. Exactly. So it don't even matter.
0: Just watch. Don't believe me. Just watch.
2: Look, I'm gonna yeah. tell you right now, them you you got a little, uh you you know, because you were older now, you got a little affinity for those older cats, but uh, you know what's gonna come down to. In the playoffs is going to be the arms, baby. And the Dodgers got a sick staff still. Well, wow. Now we got Mookie playing second base, man. What And, man, about? and making
1: web gems on a nightly basis. Right. What the hell?
2: And he's on fire. That could be a dark horse. If he stays playing like he's playing right now, he could enter the MVP talk if you think about it because he's got the home runs, the doubles. I mean, he's doing his thing right look, now.
1: Look, they said last year, they said he was second best to Mike Trout, right? And – Mike Trout's been injured, so he's kind of falling back. And then you see Mookie doing what he's doing. You could make an argument if you wanted to. It doesn't really matter who's one or two, but you could make an argument he's the best player right now.
2: You could.
0: Right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's let's get down the to, to business here. Jim, what's different next week when we look at this?
1: Well, we skipped over talking about the division, but it's finally going to happen, boys. I'm not just—I'm not just going to say it is going to happen. Oakland, only two games back, it's time. Houston needs to not be at the top of that division, and it's finally going to happen.
0: All right, hold on, hold on. Let's. Oh, he's going to the schedule. Let's let's take a look at this.
1: We get we got to go in depth. He's going he's going to tear my heart out. They're going to have like Oakland's going to be playing the sickest schedule. Oh, no. Oh, no. They're playing the Guardians. (laughs) They got the the Guardians and and the Rangers. Yeah, because Chicago won't be until after we do our next episode. Yeah, man. Hey, they got six games against two crappy teams from the Central. There we go. Let's go. And they just finished three games with the Rangers where they just beat them up really good. Here we go. Astros in that second spot.
0: All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Randy, what about you? What's different between this week and next week?
2: You know, they got a pretty tough schedule as I'm looking at it, but I just because – and I don't even want to do this, man, but I'm going to I'm gonna say the Dodgers closed the gap, and they got the Phillies and the Mets in a six-game stretch, and I think the Mets are kind of faltering. The Phillies are hot, but I'm going to go with the Dodgers taking two out of three and sweeping the Mets, baby. They're going to win five out of six coming back. Dang. Oh,
0: okay. Well, let's see what the giants just i i still believe in the giants. Let's just see what their schedule looks like over the rest
1: of this week. Okay, I, I want to put this out there while you're while you're looking it <laughs> up. <laughs> I, got the, the I recant
2: my previous statement.
1: The <laughs> diamondbacks, then the Rockies. Hey Randy, I got where you need to go, man. I know you're all in this Philly thing, but if what you just said you believe to true, the Dodgers take care of business with the Phillies. Look, man, Braves got Washington and Miami and Baltimore on deck, bro. Oh, this, guys, is that,
0: this is the Braves' chance. chance.
2: This is their chance. You are correct.
0: Nah, man. Brave, Braves, the Nationals are
1: going to beat them. Man, I ain't even sending you man. that Austin Riley sign ball, bro.
2: Austin, we apologize for our co- co-host co here.
1: Mm. I, I mean,
0: I don't, y'all think it – I'm hating on Austin. I like Austin. I think he's a great player,
1: but I mean, don't sound like it. Sound like he he averaged. Sound like he getting paid the right amount of money. <laughs> uh, that's definitely not what I
0: said. I said he's gonna get paid. You want to talk but about Cameron James next? Paid. His cousin. What you got? Man, we. You want me? To, you want me to beat up on all your friends tonight? Is that what you want me to do?
1: Man, no. You better leave Cam
0: alone all right that i mean that, for for sports guys that's about it i mean it's pretty light um a light week uh, we're we're moving out of a a lot of things and getting ready to move into some but hot and heavy with baseball you and, feel how
1: close college football is though fellas oh it's so close
0: well even that but i'm gonna go last call and i'll start it off and i just and I'm kind of out of touch right now with the whole job and traveling and I don't get to listen to sports radio as much, but Randy, talk me through what the city of Memphis is doing with this basketball team right now, because I feel like, I feel like they're doing something illegal, but they're not. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think what you're seeing is that we had the world golf championship here last week and all the greatest golfers in the world. And the story was constantly on the on CBS on Sunday was Penny Hardaway in the shots on a golf channel, right? The articles that were written all weekend, uh, you know, obviously you had some that were about the golf tournament, or deservedly so, but a lot of them were around Penny and him still being the biggest show in town, as he should be. And I think just by getting Jalen Duran, a lot of people want to point out the NIL, and that's probably true, but let's not act like Penny wasn't doing this when he first came in too with obviously Wiseman, and it didn't work out, had that great class. And it looks by all accounts that – He's going to get, you know, Imani, Imani Bates, too. So, I think that getting a guy like – and I don't know if you guys saw – I'm sure you did follow it, but when Jalen Duren, his hype video that he put out, I mean, that guy sounds like a 40-year-old grown man. I mean, plus he's big, got all the size, number one player. and the, I mean, you're going to get number one and number two. I mean, look, the expectations will have never been higher since the Calipari day. So, it's exciting to see, and the city's definitely buzzing about it.
0: So, let me ask you this they reclassify when do they start playing when do they enroll and when when are they eligible to start playing
2: immediately they are reclassified no different than if they came in you know as seniors
0: so has their reclassification been approved or they are in the process and hopes that that happens
2: I believe that that all that has been approved, and and, I, and I obviously yeah, I can see it here is like they were number one and number two for next year, so they reclassified into a deeper recruiting, and they're still top ten, top five and some. So I think that you can't – they're not dampening. I think it's all been done. I don't know, man. I'm just excited to see it, and, and it just goes to show how big of the name is. And I did see this, not that I'm petty, but obviously some Memphis fans are, and I saw it on Twitter, and its it goes – it needs to be said – Guys, um, like, all over Twitter when they fired Tubby about how Memphis should be embarrassed and in all that. It needs to be – this is exactly why Penny was the right man for the job at the right time for the city, the right time for this university. And all the – keeping the momentum going, right? This is how you get into a different conference, a power five. It's going to be riding the wave of your superstar, the only college coach with his own signature shoe. All that – that's why these kids relate to him, and that's why they want to come play for him. Now you're going to have – Larry Brown on the sidelines as well. So I think all everything's coming together. And I can't wait till the season starts. Dude, Randy, me and Daniel had a discussion
1: last year. And we said, in, in regards to exactly what you're saying, we were saying the hype and the recruiting for Memphis last year with Penny, even though the season didn't turn out well, was still more exciting than watching Tubby Smith coach basketball. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. And you know what I'm more excited about than anything for both of y'all? is if my man Rasheed Wallace gets on this staff, is he going to be screaming at folks, He' too little, too little. Ball don't wait. lie. And the ball don't lie. I can't wait to hear him on the sidelines barking. I can't wait.
0: Could you – I mean, can you think of, like, what that mentality defensively is going to be like from those guys?
2: Oh, it's, it's going to be unbelievable.
0: I mean, it, it's going to be good. But I, I do – Jim – i question a little bit and it's not the coaching it's not the talent my thing is can you take that many guys that have a high ceiling and make them all happy and maximize everything you can that, out of them?
1: that's why you brought a guy like larry brown in because he's going to help him figure that out because he's been able to deal with these kind of personalities before i think that's A big part of it, but yeah, you're gonna have to figure it out. I mean, we've seen that that's the thing, and they talked about it a lot on a lot on Jason and John's show. I mean, you've seen some Duke teams and some Kentucky teams where they had absolutely stacked guys and they didn't win at all, so you can't just make that assumption. It's still you still gotta have chemistry, but I mean, that's why he's been having all these pieces coming in. I mean, you got you've got to feel really good about it, but I do I do say this you know, if you're going to bring in this kind of recruiting class, this ain't going to be like the last couple of years. I mean, uh, they talked – they've had numerous people come in nationally. These weren't just people from Memphis come in and talk on the radio shows uh, the last few days. And they said this team now it's it's at least sweet 16 or bust. And I would agree with that. True, true.
0: Um, Randy, do you think that Penny had like this – tiered approach this season with nil and he was like all right i have an idea of something that we can do to bring in high caliber recruits but the first thing i need to do is get larry brown on staff then i can bring these guys in you think he's that calculated or it was just the perfect storm
2: probably a little bit of both i do think that he was playing a little bit of chess with the fact that he took the interview with the magic we talked about that on the show but I think that it's just the hype all around it by interviewing guys like Rasheed Wallace, getting a guy like Larry Brown, having Penny, using FedEx, NIL, using Nike that he's obviously got a shoe with. I think that he saw this vision years ago when he took this job or first thought about taking this job. And that's that's the excitement that you know, I was there the day that they introduced him, you know, in Bill and uh, the Lori Center. I mean, it's it's almost a Bill Walton. But um, it's, I was there. I mean, it was a packed house for them introducing a coach, and I remember being there when Tubby was, and it was, like, at the forum, and there was, like, seven people there, and they were all reporters. So that's what it's here for. Penny is having the hype. Jim's right. All the, the expectations are going to be there, and he has to deliver, but that's what he took this job for. He's used to that. He's been dealing with that since the early 90s when he was at Treadwell High School, hey, when let, he was with the Magic. I mean, he knows.
1: Let me ask you, Randy, is there a better – when you talk about FedEx and you think flight – right? Is there a better sponsor when you think about basketball? Like, you know,
2: cause these dudes, these dudes take flight. Like, like I just think that it's a beautiful symmetry, man. No, I agree. And, and I mean, if we talk about how important Penny is to the city. Obviously FedEx literally probably keeps this thing from turning into Detroit. No offense to my Detroit guys.
0: <laughs> let, let me ask you this with the NIL. Can Penny come out with a shoe and have profits of that shoe
2: go to the players? That's a great question. I think that, well, it would have to go through compliance at Memphis, but surely, surely to goodness they've thought about this, right? Did you just come up with a a business plan for the Tigers?
1: Ooh, I love it. Get the whole just, team paid. Just
2: know that if you guys take that University of Memphis, that we want some royalties off of it and off the bench, the official sponsor. All right. Last call, Randy,
0: what
2: you got? Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't make it about uh, my all-time favorite football player, Peyton Manning, being enshrined into the Hall of Fame, um, watching his speech. Uh, he delivered an all-time great speech. I think every, nobody was surprised by that. Uh, he started it out lighthearted, making jokes about Ray Lewis, how he just finished his speech from two years ago, and Tom Brady, how his speech is going to be so short. He just posted it on his Instagram. And then, you know, went into the real heartfelt, had an emotional moment talking about Archie. I thought that was a special moment that we just rarely get to see out of icons like that. Uh, And he just was real. He talked about University of Tennessee. Obviously, they said it was his beloved alma mater. I know, DB, you love that part. Uh, Gave a lot of special shout-outs to not only the Colts, which, you know, he had a lot of – could have had sour grapes there, but gave Jim Mercer a shout-out and the Colts. Because, I mean, that he built that new stadium, let's just be real. He brought the Colts back from – when they were really floundering, as you like to say. And then he gave a a special shout-out to Pat Bowen and the Broncos. And just to see the trajectory that he took on and kind of – we saw it all week, uh, recapping from the days in high school, playing with his brother, giving a shout-out to his brothers. I mean, it was just everything you want out of a class individual like Peyton Manning. And he may not be the best. I personally don't put him as the best quarterback of all time, but he's my favorite and a guy that I think everybody should – model that not only their game after, but model their, you know, human being side after.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you can't, you know, taking his alma mater out of it. I mean, you can't discount anything that the guy did. You got to get him credit. You got to give him respect and props. I mean, arguably one of the the best quarterbacks to ever step foot on a field. And, you know, as far as managing a game and generally an offense, like the best, but, I mean, hard to argue that.
2: Hey, one um, more quick point. The whole stadium booed Tom Brady. How do you feel about that, Mr. Tampa?
0: That's fine. Hate is going to hate. Because I guarantee He took it well. Thursday night, game one, Tom Brady in this house will be booed. 100%. 100%. <laughs> that's fat. All right, Jim, last call. What do you got?
1: All right, man. We had a discussion, Daniel. I asked you a question over the phone last week. I said there was a conversation on the radio talking about when it came to medal count in the Olympics, what was more important? Overall, total medal count or goals? And you yourself said it's about the goals. Well, shout out to the United States because it didn't look like they were going to do it. But they did do it. Not only did they get the total medal count by 25, but they beat out China by one in the gold medal. And, uh, you know, shout out to the to the NBA players who, you know, really were pissing me off and didn't seem like they were trying in the beginning, lost three out of four exhibitions. They said, don't worry about it. They'll be fine. Um, they ended up doing their thing. And a side note to that, uh, just an Olympic stat, JaVel McGee, him and his mom are the first – mother, son, to ever both win a gold medal in the Olympics.
0: Shout out. Shout out. That's what's up. Shout out to Luca getting
3: paid. you saw that.
1: No, nah, last I seen of him was uh, him sitting on the floor pouting after they lost by one in the semifinals. Nah, I all you got paid. Yeah, 250
0: mil. I don't make you, make you feel real good.
1: Hey, you need to pay attention to some soccer for one second, Daniel. And I'm not talking about the game on the field. Wait to see how much Messi gets. That'll be the bag. Soccer, soccer pays more than anything for guys like that.
0: Hey, big facts. Good for him. But I, I will pay it about one second, and that's about it. That's about all that. When I he pay. gets like a
1: four hundred million dollar contract, it'll catch your attention for at least a solid ten seconds.
0: Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. If Messi was at Publix and I was driving <laughs> my cart by him, I wouldn't have an idea who, who it was. So oh, man. That, that tells you how much of a fan of of Mr. Messi I am. He'd know who
1: Taylor Doblais was though.
0: Oh, of course. He's been on the show. I think we all would know who that is. So. so there's that. All right, guys. Let's let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here. Another great episode. I want to thank our guests, Arkansas Shortstop, Jalen Battles, for joining us. If you'd like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter listen and subscribe on apple podcast spotify and anchor as always your comments ratings and feedback is always welcome we'll see everyone next week for episode 26 where we're bringing on university of tennessee football player star running back jabari small this has been the In off the bench podcast as always remember strong body sharp minds grit and grind all the time we're out